0: From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong.
1: And I'm just like, it's not selling.
0: It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. A funny thing happened to me the other day when I was in a bookstore signing copies of my book, Build for Tomorrow. So now whenever I pass a bookstore, whenever I'm traveling or whatever, I walk in to see if they have copies of the book. And if they do, I sign it because then they tend to slap a signed by the author sticker on it and then display it more prominently. It's a good sales strategy. So anyway, I was in Penn State. I was at Hudson News in Penn Station and signing these books at the cash register. And this guy comes up to buy a soda and he turns to me and says, are you very famous? Because, you know, well, you know, I'm signing a bunch of books. I would not say that I'm very famous. Uh, I had never really come up with an answer to that question. So I just said to him, no, but I have some level of awareness. And he was not impressed with that and went on to buy his soda and certainly wasn't interested in my book. So I guess maybe I should have said I'm famous. And here's the thing. The reason I'm telling you this story is that actually I can quantify exactly how famous or really not famous I am. You want to hear? Well, I am, don't mean to brag here, but I am the 46th most famous Leo, like, you know, the birth sign or whatever, Leo named Jason, (laughs) but uh, it gets better. I am the number sixth most famous 42-year-old podcast host. Now, where does this data come from? It comes from something called FamousBirthdays.com. It's a website that contains basically that. It's like every famous person and uh, not-so-famous person person is cataloged here with some very basic information about themselves their birthday a couple basic details a little category called before fame <laughs> anyway i am on this thing i did not put myself on this thing i just showed up on this thing and and actually there are a lot of sites like this some of them are about net worth i will assure you in case you go and find me on any of these net worth sites that the information is Always wrong, but uh, again, it's just just a sort of compendium of every famous and um, famous adjacent and adjacent to the adjacent people uh, with some basic information about them, and, and I always assumed these are. I guess they must just be kind of advertising driven vehicles, right? Like this is just, it's an SEO play, throw a bunch of names into a website and then people search for those names and they come across and you get served an ad. But I also wondered like, but how do they operate and where does this information come from? And just what is the business behind these things? And then one day I was able to get an answer because out of the blue, I got an email from this guy. Can you say your name? Company? Sure.
1: my Evan Britt and I found it Famous Birthdays in 2012.
0: How about that? I hear from the Famous Birthdays guy who now felt a little famous to me. This was super interesting. Evan did not reach out because I was on Famous Birthdays. He reached out because he wants to tell the story of his business. And I was pretty intrigued by it, especially when I heard that to him, this is not just some SEO play. This is part of a bigger, more ambitious play.
1: Famous Birthdays is the IMDb for creators. Uh, We have 25 plus million users a month that come to us to learn about and discover their favorite digital stars. And now,
0: ooh, now
1: I was really intrigued. The
0: IMDb for creators. And that amount of traffic is crazy. So on this episode of Problem Solvers, we are digging into the business behind FamousBirthdays.com and also learning how to scale something So very simple. Whether you need digital tools so you can bank on the go, or you need a one-on-one with an experienced business banker with PNC Bank, you got it. PNC's business banking team is built entirely around the way you like to do business. Innovative mobile tools that let you manage your cash flow, monitor your payments, and more around the clock. Give you the flexibility that every business owner needs. And PNC combines those digital tools with a team of business bankers who are ready to sit down and talk about the unique needs of your business and help you develop personalized strategies to move your business forward. Learn how PNC Bank can make a difference for you and your business at PNC.com/slash way. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Alright, we're back. So Before we get into the conversation with Evan, I just want to explain to you what a profile on famousbirthdays.com looks like. So you can just get a sense of what this is a compendium of. So if we go to me, it says Jason Pfeiffer, podcast host. Then it tells me that I am the 219,818th most popular person on the site, which it's not the most flattering number. Let's just be honest. It also tells me my birthday, which it is correct about, my age, my birth sign, and then a very, very small biography. It tells me, that I am famous for hosting a couple podcasts and also for being the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. It tells me that where I graduated from college, uh, it has a little trivia, which is basically just other places that I've written for. Uh, There's a category of family life, which just says his wife's name is Jennifer, which is true. And then it has a, a little category that says associated with, and it says he and Angie Lee are both popular podcasters known for their entrepreneurial themed shows, which is interesting. I've traded an email or two with Angie, I think, but I otherwise don't know her. And anyway, that's it. And so there are just, there are a million people. I I don't know the actual number, but there are are tons of people on this site and they're all kind of like that. And what's really interesting is that most of them I have never heard of because what we're talking mostly is about digital creators here. So for example, remember I said that I am the number six most popular 42-year-old podcast host? Uh, It will tell me who the other ones are. Number one is Georgia Hardstack, Hardstark. Number two is Tommy Vitor, Number three is Adam Greentree. I've never heard of any of these people. Um, Georgia Hardstack, apparently. Oh, she's from My Favorite Murder. Okay, well, so that's fair. That's, uh, that's pretty famous. Anyway, point is, now you get a sense of what this is. It's, it's a compendium of this basic information about people who are famous to somebody. And that got me wondering to start the conversation of where the idea to pull all this information together even comes from.
1: I saw back in 2012 that Wikipedia and IMDb A were built for desktop. And then B, didn't feature the creators that had millions of followers. So I saw early on that if somebody had 300 Twitter followers, but a speaking line in Star Wars, they're on Wikipedia and IMDb, but somebody with a million Vine followers wasn't there. But obviously there's demand for people to learn their bio. If you go to a social media star's profile on social, you're going to see them jumping out of a plane or brushing their teeth or making fun comedy videos. Famous Birthdays gives you the boring info. Obviously, birthday, which is kind of the first thing people want. But then we do the full bio and we've built a fun experience where we also rank them based on user experience. So you can kind of see who the most popular TikTok star is that's 24 years old or who's the most popular person born in Canada or the most popular Twitch star. So we've built a fun experience with our rankings, which are driven by our user behavior. And, you know, we've built a huge audience just by focusing on that, on being the new IMDb. What was your background? Why did you launch this? I've always been in the internet and marketing. You know, I owned a network of websites. Nothing was growing. So I kind of learned as an entrepreneur to really focus on one thing. I'm not into celebrities. I'm more of a sports fan. So initially my vision was I just knew looking up an athlete or an actor or singer on Wikipedia was just too much info on mobile. So being passionate about the internet it was exciting for me and being, you know, and wanting to do an internet business, it was exciting for me as I have an expert exper- expertise that mobile was a huge new frontier that hadn't yet been developed. So when I couldn't pull up IMDb on my BlackBerry and my on Wikipedia on my BlackBerry was way too much info, I saw an opportunity to build out a new niche on the web. And since I was excited about the internet, I just tripled down on that with famous birthdays.
0: Okay, good background. Now, let me tell you why I was excited to talk to you. So when you reached out, I will be honest with you. The first thing that I thought was, oh my God, there are actual people behind these websites because <laughs> I have a Google alert for my name. yeah, And one of the regular things that I am alerted to is some random profile of me showing up on some random site like famousbirthdays.com, which is to me just a catalog of every notable name and some random information about them, which I see. And I think, well, this is created cleverly to try to grab some search results when somebody Googles my or literally anybody else's name. And I thought, who's making these things? There's probably like some team in Russia or China that's just producing like 75 of these websites. And so here you are, uh, just a person who has made this thing. And I thought, I have to understand what is actually behind
1: one of these sites. But in your story, there's always hundreds of copycats or hundreds of secondary sites. You know, my friend started Urban Dictionary. They've got tens of millions of users. And I remember noticing all these other sites that look like that or could have been that, but there was one Urban Dictionary. So we are the leading site. We are the new IMDb. If you ask a 19 year old, do you go to IMDb? They'll be confused. If you ask them to go to famous birthdays, they'll emote instantly. So that's hard to get that mind share. None of those other sites have that. But so you're telling me you're you're telling me you're the OG of this? 100%. Of this kind well, they, of site? It's not the OG. We have the brand. So mm-hmm. like if you if you look up the traffic of those sites too, they might get 100,000 users. We're 25 million users plus. There's only you know we're actually now the 270th most traffic site on the web. We just passed JCPenney for wow. traffic from search engines. So all those other sites you're talking about are probably not in the top 50,000. We're number 270. And, so yeah, we, we are the OG. Pick- and I was like, we're the OG. We've built a real brand and it comes from users. You know, that's why you can get all this first time traffic if you get traffic from search or from social, or if you do a Super Bowl ad, that's all great. But what matters is do users really care about your site? And when your site goes down, do they feel pain? And over time, do they come direct more often? So, you know, so when I hear all those other sites that we get bucketed into, it's almost not accurate. It's accurate for how you perceived it, but it's not accurate for what the web, how the web is built. So
0: you're saying that famousbirthdays.com and forgive my ignorance is a brand that somebody seeks out the way that I, for example, you, you said kids today don't know IMDb. That may be true. But I'm in my 40s, so I do. And if I wanted to know something about a movie, I would literally go to a browser, type imdb.com into it and go there. And then I would search. You're saying that you have established a brand such that kids today will go to
1: famousbirthdays.com and then search somebody? Not even that. When somebody gets at, we only add a creator to the site once they pass 100,000 followers. And we see who's being searched by user search, our search engine on our site, not on Google on famous birthdays is searched 20 million times per month on our site. And we can see in those searches how popular people are on our site, but who we should add to the site. When a creator gets added to the site, that's like their aha verification status symbol. And they were a moat to their fans I'm on famous birthdays and they'll get hundreds of comments congratulating them. We get hundreds of emails per day via our contact form per day of people trying to submit themselves to famous birthdays. So, yes, users directly come to us. To learn what's happening, our direct traffic has always grown alongside our referral. Obviously, we might get more, like maybe 80% of our traffic is referral. So someone say, well, only 20% is direct. But when we had 5 million users, that means we had 1 million direct. Now that we have 25 or 30 million, we have over 5 million direct. So the direct grows in relation to the referral. So yes, people will come to us direct when they want to learn about a creator. If they see someone on their For You page, they want to find out who that is, they come to Famous Birthdays to look them up. And that's why I reference those 20 million on-site searches per month. That's, a hu- that's the only number I look at. I don't look at uniques. I don't look at page views. I look at on-site searches because that's pure engagement. Not if someone's stumbling on our site, come to our site to find someone. And that's always been our north star, internal searches.
0: Aside from being early to the game, what do you attribute that success to? How did you build this thing in a way that people are using it and that it's grown the way that it has?
1: A, focus. We've stayed in our lane. We could have launched a social network. We could have launched merch. We could have launched influencer marketing. Charlie D'Amelio, who has 150 million TikTok followers, we did her first ever interview in our office when she had 300,000 followers because we saw the demand from people looking her up. We could have signed her, but that wasn't our business. Our business was to build the new IMDb. So we just turned 10 in March. So for over 10 years, we focused on the same thing again, 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 and again. So eventually users just learned, well, wow, this site is giving me what I want for this search. Two is being early. We were early. You know, Again, I initially launched this because Wikipedia and IMDb were too much on mobile. But we've, the creator economy fell into our lap from us looking at the searches on our site. So we were doing this before the creator economy was a thing, when it was just Vine and Twitter shut down Vine, which shows that nobody knew the creator economy was going to be huge. And then three is user experience. That's my passion. That's what I've always... That's what I care about. I get out of bed to fix bugs, not to grow my social following or sell to advertisers. So we've always married, being early, being focused with a fantastic user experience. If you click the random button on Famous Birthdays, you'll see how fast every profile loads. It's instantaneous, instantaneous. And that's taken years of effort to get there. And that's not exciting like a Super Bowl ad, but that's been a tailwind.
0: It's funny, I went to famousbirthdays.com today and discovered that a famous person who I am developing a business relationship with uh, it's her birthday today so <laughs>
1: got to yeah. drop her a line and, right after that and that's always kind of a misconception like and look Keep in mind, I totally respect and understand that you, like, didn't know the culture impact, you know, because you're, you know, like, and I I get that a lot. But when people are users and our fans, like we go to VidCon, which is the social media conference, the last one we went to was like 95% of the attendees, you know, knew about us. But a lot of people think it's just a birthday site. You know, that's probably 2% of our experience. It might be the first reason people come to us. But if you look at our profile, there's a lot there. Birthdays is one little fact, so it's fun to make that our theme. And it's often the first people want to see who shares their birthday or what's Charlie D'Amelio's birthday. But we're we're really about the bio, and
0: we so let us talk about, let's talk about that because I have always been curious how these things get made. What kind of yep. team you have? So let's that you you're not going to know anything about how mine in particular was made, but let's talk about mine just as an example. Oh, are you so- on the website? I am on
1: the website. I'm looking at my own profile right now. Okay. So So we've manually written 250,000 bios manually over the course of 10 years. And who's doing that? Our team of freelance writers we have that we hire, we see who's being searched. And from that... We'll manually research them to see if they were on a profile. It's never about who we like or our opinion. It's all about the data. We don't let our friends on the site. I got DM'd by an NBA player who I'm a fan of asking to add his on LinkedIn. He DM'd me saying, can you get my manager on the site? But he only had 20,000 followers on Instagram. So I said, I can't. So it's really- I know exactly who that was. Okay. We won't talk about it. No. After we record, I know exactly who that was. Okay. So, so anyways, so, so we'll manually, so once we see that we'll manually write the bio, we'll research often at social media stars. We'll manually watch their YouTube videos, manually go through their Instagram or their TikTok to kind of get a sense for the type of genre they promote. Maybe they will talk about their family if they've done videos with their siblings Then we have a section called Associated With that will write about who they've collaborated with. And we just try to tell a mobile, concise story about what they do. This is a literary work. We really it's a craft that we work hard at because we want someone to come to Famous Birthdays and be able to learn about someone. Whereas if you go to their social media, you're going to see the exciting content. But you might not see that she got her start doing recipe dishes on YouTube. And now on TikTok, she does comedy videos with food. And we'll talk about, you know, brand deals she's gotten. So we really like to get into the details of some of their notoriety and what they post about. Right. So you're saying, just to be clear,
0: this little bio of mine which is not as robust as some others, nor would I expect it to be because I'm not as famous as the majority of the people on your site. This little thing was somebody at some point flagged my name as something that should go on here because maybe there were enough searches or something. And then you paid some person, some freelance writer, to spend a little time gathering some data about me Plugging into some CMS and manually hitting publish. This is not. This is not scraped information. It's not all
1: correct. I will have you know. It's oh, close yeah. to correct, but it's. Well, so offline, we'll correct that. We have a pencil on the profile where users submit edits. So accuracy is a huge focus of ours. We get thousands of pencil submissions where a user will say that. But yes, we manually research and write our bios. Again, the biggest tailwind right now is the creators on social media. So we've gotten very good at explaining different awards they've won or different types of challenge videos they've done in a mobile friendly format. And we hire like good writers who have experience in writing and research. Uh, and then the profiles over time evolve as users submit, edit, and then increasingly the creators will submit edits to us. And again, it's all editorial, but they'll let us know that they just signed an exclusive deal with Twitch or they signed with CAA and that gets added to the bio.
0: Tell me about the team that is producing this. How many people do you actually have?
1: We have about employees and freelancers, about 50 to 55 Right now, what's the you breakdown know, we, there?
0: How many are actually on staff?
1: That's changed a little bit with the with now that we're virtual, like our, our CTOs, uh, not now a our CEOs on the East Coast. So we we also scaled in other languages. So now we're in Spanish and French, Portuguese and Japanese. So on our Spanish site, we can see who's being searched. And we'll then translate that profile from English. So And that's all manual also. So we have about eight translators in Spanish, five in French, four in Portuguese that are manually translating profiles daily based on demand from users. And then, yeah, so the team we have, we do research to kind of find the structured data like their birthday and their email. And then we have their, then we write the bios. But then we also manually reach out to the creator. This is another, you'll see, we don't have a picture on your profile. So a long time ago, we made, we respect copyright laws. So we don't have rights to your image. So we've manually interacted with maybe about 100,000 celebrities and creators to ask for their, their headshot. And they'll either send their headshot or give us approval to grab from like their Instagram. So if you look up like TikTok on our site, all of those photos have been manually approved by a creator. And I think the advantage we have is that we'll add a creator early. Addison Ray, who just signed a nine picture deal with Netflix, she has over 100 million followers. In an interview for the LA Times, she mentioned that the first email she ever got was from famous birthdays when she had 300,000 followers when she was in college. And she flew to her office to do an interview. And at that time, she had a different last name. But my point there is that we add the creator so early in their journey that they're very excited about their profile. They, we can get in touch with them and they approve photos.
0: Isn't this interesting? Oh, I have so many more questions and it's all coming up after the break.
1: Did you know that the average podcast
0: listener has six shows in rotation? So hey, when you're not listening to Problem Solvers, I have the perfect show to add to your rotation. It is The Jordan Harbinger Show. And I know you'll love it because Jordan is an ideas guy, a curiosity guy. He dives into the minds of fascinating people from the smartest CEOs and entrepreneurs to athletes, authors, scientists, mobsters, and even spies because all of them have something you can learn from. Jordan gets his guests to share never-before-heard stories thought-provoking insights and tactical bits of wisdom, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, better problem solver. And every Friday, he does a segment called Feedback Friday, where he covers advice on absolutely everything from escaping a cult to asking for a raise. Now, full disclosure, Jordan is a friend of mine, but he's one of those friends I just keep learning stuff from. Listen to an episode of The Jordan Harbinger Show and you'll understand why I am so happy to tell you about this. Or hell, listen to the episode I was on recently because we had a lot of fun. You can't go wrong with adding The Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It is incredibly interesting and there's never a dull show. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That is H-A-R-B is in boy, I-N is in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, we're back. This is such interesting stuff here. Uh, Just before the break, I was asking Evan about his team and how they work. And now we're digging into the details about how they identify new people that they should add to famousbirthdays.com. How are you finding them? That's got to also be built into your team, right? Somebody's job is to be on the alert for...
1: Well, remember, the searches. So our search engine is searched 20 million times per month. One of my early innovations... When you search, you don't go to a results page. You either go right to the page or not found. So if you, we have like 118 different typos of Nicki Minaj because we can see that showing up as a search, so we match it. And then if you search TikTok, it goes right to the TikTok page. If you search Gemini, it goes to the Gemini page. So we don't believe in a results page. We're about adding value directly to the search. You know, now we have movies, TV shows, and bands because if we see someone searching Stranger Things, we're gonna build out a profile about Stranger Things, so that's how we know who to add to the platform as well. If we see someone being searched fifty times per day, then we can say, "Well, this warrants a profile." So as long as we identify it not as spam, and they have like a hundred k followers, or they were in a movie or a song, then we'll profile them. So, are you, so is that to say? Is that to say? that
0: the reason that I am on here is because enough people searched for me on FamousBirthdays.com?
1: That probably happened. Yeah, I mean, I can go back and look at the date you were at it specifically, but yeah, obviously your podcast, much is scaled with our users. I also think there's a notoriety component as well So obviously your, you know, your stature for the Entrepreneur Magazine and your podcast, it's all manual. So we manually see what's being searched and then we'll add the creator. It's easier for creators because it's based on followers, but then the team will add a podcast host or a movie actor or a singer based on, you know, what they've done. Because again, we can't, since we manually do it, we have to be selective, in a big, we have 250,000 bios cuz we're manually doing the work. If we were automating this, we would have 50 million bios. You know, but we're manually writing them, so we have to manually add the most searched individuals that have notoriety based on our research.
0: So, what is it that you have automated? Because it's it's so interesting to me how manual a lot of this is, given what I assumed of this site. You're trying to find efficiencies where you can, I am
1: sure. Yeah. Talk yeah, to me we, about that. So we have built a custom CMS to make it, like for instance, the missed searches. We see what's being searched. So we have a system where we a researcher sees all the missed searches from yesterday, sorted by frequency, and then based on their research, they'll add it to a queue to be wrote. And then once we add a profile, there'll be a queue of people to reach out to for headshots. And once they approve headshots, they'll be put onto a queue to cut the headshots. So we're smart about the process, but we don't do any scraping. It's all manually researched and we don't connect to like, it's all based on user demand, which has helped us, frankly, because if, you know, if somebody might have 400,000 followers on the platform, but if our users aren't interested in there, it's not going to get surfaced to us. And we want, we also want our bios to be evergreen, which is important because if the bios are evergreen, it might change and it'll be inaccurate. So we manually write the bios in our, like, if you look up a three or a, Social media star, it's written in an evergreen way, which we came up with so that way it stays accurate. So, and then every, and then and the translation is the same. We see something being searched for in Spanish, so we'll add it to a queue to be translated. But then again, it is manually translated. Again, since we're not Wikipedia where we're writing 5,000 character bios, we don't have to do UGC or automate it. And again, that's where the focus matters.
0: UGC being user-generated content. In other words, you're saying you don't have to open it up so much that you have just the tidal wave of possibly accurate, probably not accurate, absolute garbage from yeah. the users of the world.
1: Right. we have a pencil on every profile. The number one submission is I love you. Number two is "What's your are like, you know, will you marry me? That's what people will click on Bieber's name. So we don't want to let users edit it. But I think another key is that it gets back to the focus. How have we manually wrote 250,000 bios? Because that's all we've been doing for over 10 years. So if you do the same thing again and again and again, it grows And we had a quote in our own office. I read Stuart Scott, who sadly passed away. I was a fan of his. I read, I read a book, I think a book about him. And he said that in the Spurs locker room, which is a famous NBA team that won franchise championships. Sure. Stuart Scott, the NBA commentator. Yes. There was a sign that said, when you see someone hammer a wall and the wall breaks apart, everyone celebrates that hammer hit. But it was the 1,000 that were hit before. And I think that's important to me as an entrepreneur. What can you do and what can you have the discipline to do again, again, and again? And there's been times when it hasn't been as fun to work at famous birthdays because there are so many cool ideas to launch a TV show or to sign talent, or to do influencer marketing, or to do a conference. We have so much leverage in different areas. But to me, writing the bio was our initial vision. And we've always said, why should we do something else when I can see the missed searches every day for what users aren't getting?
0: The answer, I guess, which I'm just going to say so you can respond to it, the answer would be diversification and opportunity. that maybe one day Google changes its algorithm and, you know, your traffic drops precipitously. But if you've done something else to establish some foothold in the culture that maybe you're able to pivot towards that. But you're saying that just takes your focus off of making the most
1: efficient, effective site possible? After 10 years, like I mentioned, our brand is growing. We have mind share in someone's head. That's more important than any you know than anything else for our business. And again, we did do translation, but that was more like we talked about, news or translation. News was much more exciting and maybe it had more upside, but that wasn't as close to the core as translation because we already have this whole platform for English profiles, so we did it in Spanish. So you can take... We did take secondary extensions, but it was based on we had the leverage and was closest to the core brand. You know, now we have a pro version of our site and we have 25 plus enterprise customers that log in, which we can get to. And I held off on that for a long time, but I finally did it because the demand was coming to us and it was something unique to our core. So that's important.
0: Yeah, why don't we talk about that for a moment and then I actually got to get going because I have this other call. But tell me about that. So what on earth is an enterprise version of this and what are 25 clients paying you
1: for? So the search engine on our site is searched 20 million times per month. We can see in real time who people are interested in. And since we write these profiles on everyone, we know in the last month, Who's the most searched YouTube star with DIY on their profile? Or who's the most searched Twitch star with Fortnite on their profile? So, you know, and just how we knew to contact Addison Ray and Charlie D'Amelio and be the first company to contact them. That has a lot of value as the creator economy grows. So we built a creator discovery platform that brands, social platforms, talent agencies can use to discover creators in real time by category. Got it. Got it. That's a really smart application of that data. When did you launch that? We had a major social platform come to us And that kind of, they came to us multiple times. So we initially did a beta test with them. That was in January of 2021, I believe. And then we had a talent agency that had kind of been fishing around the same interest. So it's been about 18 months since we've launched it. And it's going very well. But again, without the consumer audience, it's not as valuable. So that's always our core focus is the consumer website.
0: Right. And something like that fits into your vision here because it doesn't take you away from your core competency. It actually builds atop your core competency and it continues to reinforce the need for that core competency.
1: Yes. And what I'm almost most excited about, the one thing that makes user experience hard is ads, but they're necessary for our business. We don't want to gate the consumers and charge them. But the more we do well on the pro side, And the more our brand grows, the less ads we'll put on our platform. Because that's my vision, is to make sure that this platform is a pillar of the internet. And the best way to do that is to keep improving the user experience.
0: I have to say, I'm looking at my own profile right now. There are far fewer ads on here than I suppose there could be. You could load this thing up with ads and your competitors do. I mean, it's not no ads. I see three ads here. Talk to me about how you figured out
1: the balance of ads. There's no science to it. It's kind of based on different factors. I think that if I knew the world was ending tomorrow, you'd have seven ads on the page. And if I won $5 trillion in the lottery, there'd be zero ads on the page. So I think, look, we want the business to be profitable, but it's been 11 years. This is a long-term. We don't have investors, numbers we have to hit, and we want to make sure that we always prioritize the user. So we're going to run ads to keep us profitable and to keep the business strong, but we're not going to overdo it to try to squeeze out more revenue. So I would say if Wikipedia is zero because it has no ads, and some of those sites you mentioned are a 10 because the ads are everywhere, I would probably give us a three right now. I would love to be a one, but i that's very important to me. And even though there's not a science to it, obviously the less ads we have, the better experience we'll offer.
0: So finally, how large is this business? How much money does this make?
1: We talk about our user numbers. Again, if I was talking about revenue numbers, I'd probably put more ads on the site <laughs> or, I'd, do, or I'd, I'd buy traffic or I'd sell. We don't even sell direct to advertisers. We're serving billions of ad impressions per year. And obviously we can make more. We have the largest Gen Z audience on the web outside of social platforms. So I could take that and sell to brands that want to hit Gen Z on a brand-safe platform. But that's not going to help our vision in terms of users. So revenue is kind of not the main focus.
0: Right, sure. But I have to ask, because of course somebody sees something like this and here's your traffic numbers and thinks this thing must be just pulling in tons of cash. You've got a team of fifty five staff and freelance, but you're paying a bunch of people. Your overhead is probably pretty low, but this has got to be a
1: healthy business, right? We have twenty five million users, which all funded by the operation. You know, programmatic ads. A lot of people talk down on them, but the beauty of it is automated. So we don't. That is what automate our ads. We spend no time dealing with advertisers. The money gets wired. Since we're a top thousand site, we have the top 10 programmatic bidders. So we do solid programmatically without having any effort on it. And I know they're leaving money on the table in terms of not going direct with ads, but that's going to be a big focus and commitment. So yeah, the business is healthy. If it wasn't healthy, we'd have to run more ads on the site.
0: Well, Evan, Which- this has been a lot of fun. I'm really glad to have learned more about this. Uh, it makes it feel real to me instead of just a crazy thing that shows up on my Google alert. So for that, thank you. And also for uh, you know pulling back the curtain and explaining how it all works.
1: Great questions. I appreciate it. I'm a huge fan of the uh, publication. I love entrepreneurship. So and thanks for taking the time to find out that this is a real business. <laughs> And that's
0: our episode. I would love to hear what you think, and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonfeifer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonfeifer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.